0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, And welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dally Boys of What Culture, Michael Hanford and Michael Sedgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture, Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also this is Rampage, Baby, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, two but oh, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with the money good quiz of course on Wrestle Culture as I said though joined by Hamlet and like to look ahead to Dynamite tonight AW Dynamite, blood and guts to be specific. We've got all the fallout from Forbidden Door as well. But tonight is, of course, mainly about the Blackpool Combat Club versus the
1: Jericho Appreciation Society.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: Can't, Can't wait for this. I can't wait for it. I think on balance, I've really, really, really enjoyed this feud. We're kind of a long way removed from... The 5-on-3 uh, the beatdowns that we saw quite often, or the 5-on-2, whatever the hell it was. We're just willing it to get to this point. Willing right, it to get yeah. to this point, and now that's got to this point, and ahead of this point. It's mostly been absolutely tremendous, and I can't wait for the match itself. Um, In fact, I'm still so into Jericho and Kingston, that I'm, I don't even know if I wouldn't take a, a heel victory and take mm-hmm. it all the way to Arthur Rash, and then that can be, he finally wins the big one, and maybe, I don't want to see Jericho's a face, but... The whole thing is he needs to shake the guy's hand. You can shake the guy's hand and still be a knob to somebody else afterwards. That'll be even a bigger endorsement. Like I hate everyone. I hate pro wrestlers, but you know, you. I had to do it, basically. I had to do it. Uh, no, this match should be absolutely tremendous. It's a centerpiece of the show, the undercard for which isn't particularly great. And there's a huge missed opportunity that I will bury imminently. But um, I was on Twitter uh, last night, this morning, whenever, and it never really dawned on me that this is the site we're going to see tonight because last year it was it was an incredible thing last year and it says something about the failure of last year's blood and guts match that they've never recapped as hyped as i am as hyped as most people are if you remember last year it felt like a landmark moment in the pandemic and stupid wrestlings um situation in it but it really felt like proper cliche light at the end of the tunnel fans are going to come back soon it's going to be 2,000 in Daly's place. Like, even with 1,000 at full gear, you could really hear them, and it just felt elusive for 2,000. It's like it's pretty much like there's been ECW major shows that were noisy as hell. I didn't have that many people, and it just felt like a return to normal. felt like the build was really strong. It felt like the great lost thing that we missed out on as a result of the pandemic, it felt special. But with the, the hard camera being where it was in Daly's place, because they didn't want fans sat next to each other... Um, it was just pointed against the um, the entrance tunnels. So you could hear the fans, you could see Austin Gunn, but it wasn't quite the same. It felt as close to the same as you were going to get mm. back then, but it didn't feel the same. And because I just hadn't thought about it, because the image of an AEW Blood and Guts match was in front of the tunnels, I didn't realize that there's going to be a whole bank of fans behind the cage, mm. and then get swoop, uh, sweeping shots of the cage and the full panorama of the arena and it's like 10,000 plus tickets sold in a hot wrestling city with a really rich history of cage matches Um, it's going to be special before the very first bell has rung can I fantasy book some stuff before I hand over yeah right I believe because this story ultimately is all about building towards the future they've been criticised for this um, particularly in the early days where it's like you know what you've got now just do that and then build towards the future but this whole deal Exists ultimately to get Wheeler Uta over as a major star in about three or four years time Yeah, ditto with Daniel Garcia and they are the youngest guys In fact, Utah and Garcia had like an incredibly well-received 60-minute Ironman match So we know they can do this. They're young lads Energy intensity stamina for days. They should start this match together and they should be the thread, them two coming together. This philosophical war between pro wrestling and sports entertainment is probably best exemplified by these two men. I know Gossi is more of a pro wrestler, but the idea is Yuta uh, is going to uh, extract the wrestler from within him. That could be a great plot thread. But I just think the the style that they're going for, the future book and Vision, it would just be mean a lot if they can pull off them two doing like a 45 to 50 minute shift by the end of which they're completely soaked in blood. And even if one of them takes the fall um, or submits or surrenders or whatever, that performance level should be acutely focused on getting them two over as the marathon men. And then that way, you can build towards the big Jericho Kingston throwdown. The Castagnoli, Jake Hager thing that they're probably going to do for like a minute or two as well is going to be in there. But I just think that, It's the best way of doing it. If you put those two in there, you get the best two technically gifted wrestlers on the planet, or at least in the States, in it for the entire duration. So you've got a constant base level of amazing quality. Then you can build to the real main event established stars doing stuff like Kingston and Jericho and Moxley and Jericho. Uh, Midway through, you can have 2.0 coming together for the three-on-two. And then I would get cast Newley involved um, is the third man to equalise for the baby faces because them two feeding for Castagnoli, jumping over both ropes with his sort of um, torpedo, uppercut, shoulder barge amazing thing that he can do. Over both ropes, I'll be unhappy if he doesn't clear both ropes. <laughs> um, Matt Menard's face just selling. Do you remember his first AEW appearance when it was in that Trios match with Moxie Sting and Darby mm. Allin? He's like, oh my God, I can't believe it's Sting. It's a huge Sting? And he's got torpedoed by Darby <laughs> Allin. That was incredible. He's got the best face in pro wrestling. We know this. Him selling for Castagnoli before it all gets too crammed and blood-soaked and chaotic where You can't even see their faces, let alone make out different people in the match. I think it's pivotal to have Daddy Magic sell for Claudio before it all gets too crowded. Um, Here's something. I was meant to bring up the tweet on my Twitter before coming in. But even before they were tied together in storyline, it was just when they were sort of forming the groups separately um, I tweeted this, obviously, I think a lot of people did say, oh, this is going to end up as being a program. Um, but I tweeted that I will permit the worst spot in modern war games history... Under one condition. The big West Side Story standoff is a bit too cinematic. It's far too WWE. I think that was the moment last year's blood and guts got a little bit like, oh, come on, you were nailing it. You had the tone. There was just enough great action to modernize it, but you never betrayed the pro wrestling spirit. And then it got a bit cinematic in sports entertainment. I will permit that spot, nay, encourage it tonight. If it ends with all six members of the Blackpool Combat Club and associates just... Instantly headbutting all of the JAS <laughs> and um, Sammy Guevara just to subvert that spot, get six headbutts at once, headbutts rule, headbutts are cool. I don't know what the finish is going to be. Um, I, I don't know if they're actually going to extend it all the way, if this is going to be an absolute climactic feud ender. Maybe they learned a lesson because if you recall last year, lots of the pinnacle and inner circle stuff, they did the stadium stampede after it, and then they did the, um, the various sub-feuds like... Um, M.G.F. and Jericho, Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara and FTR versus Santana and Ortiz after it. I think a lot of people were kind of, oh, it's a bit of a bold experimental move. And it's, it was very uneven. Like the M.G.F. chris Jericho thing probably outstayed its course, but the Dynamite match was amazing, mm-hmm. I thought. Sean Spears, Sammy Guevara was a total um, over-delivery. FTR and Santana and Ortiz was a bit, could have gone much better, really, in retrospect. Mm. I think it sh- fell well short of expectations. Cursed horrible, like, gruesome spot involving Cash Wheeler notwithstanding. This maybe should be the end, and if it is, Mm -hmm. it should be the Blackpool Combat Club, particularly now that Moxley's got the interim world title. If it wasn't going to be the end, it feels like it should be the end now, because he should be doing proper business as a world champion to build him as one um, ahead of the CM Punk match. So I think the babyfaces will go over. I think this is going to be incredibly violent. I hope they don't add unnecessary weapons into the mix, like they did last year. There's loads of chairs and I just want the cage to be used as a weapon. It's one thing, like, in the th- fifth or sixth Blood and Guts match, where it's like, right, we do this every year, the novelty's worn off a little bit. Yeah, Let's experiment with the format, get more weapons in. Like, they didn't do a good enough job last year of really selling the cage itself as a weapon, so I'd like to see them scale it back and to do that. Um This should be absolutely incredible. My only misgivings are with having six... People in each team. The Was it five-minute intervals last year? Something like that, yeah. I feel like that should be reduced because if you go longer, that's not inherently a bad thing. It's a harder thing to pull off. But with the TV format, like people in the States, not necessarily me because I was watching on fight TV (laughs) and it captured everything, but people in the States were like, I get it, put it on TV, get a rating. You have to have adverts because they drive the rights fees, and the reason why all of pro wrestling exists now. But I think people in the States were thinking that's a bit much the amount of adverts. If they keep the exact same format but add two more people, I just feel like that's going to compound the problem. Mm. But, you know, they're the listening company. There was a lot of um, feedback last year to that effect. They've been very clever of late, AEW with really long matches and knowing when to insert the adverts. Like, if you recall, the Hangman Page and Brian Danielson match. Like, the first one, which went to the 60-minute draw, whenever it was a blade job, it was like, right, okay. It's three minutes where Hangman Page can sell and sell and sell and not lose the crowd because he's bleeding. That can be your advert. They did that twice, I think, across the two matches, and they were just genuinely very clever about how they did it. So hopefully lessons have been learned, because that is a sobering one. Hopefully there's no ridiculous cardboard. Um, (laughs) I don't know who takes the fall, but I do know that I just feel like... The best thing about this, right, is that if you consider, and I'm sorry, I'm going on and on and on, but there really isn't that much in the undercard, no, so exactly. we might as well talk about this. The best thing about AEW, I mean, handful have pointed this out regularly, is that they are exponentially better than us at their best. So they'll do something that we could never fantasy book and just think that's the coolest thing ever. Thank God I've invested my time mm-hmm. in this company. Eddie Kingston tonight is going to do something iconic. It's the gas can, but... Times two because it's the blow-off. I don't know what it is, but I love the idea of watching it, knowing that it's all but guaranteed to happen. He's got something amazing in mind. And looking at the look on my colleague Michael Hamlet's face as yeah. a segue, yeah, I think he's got an idea.
2: I've got it. I uh, I think he's going to take a swig of some booze and blow fire in Chris Jericho's face because I'm a f- Wizard Chris, uh, and then the Jericho Appreciation Society in absolute fear and panic will surrender. And I think, and then Jericho for weeks, if he even appears, obviously, well he's last off year, off next week, isn't he? Yes, so like, yeah, he's gone anyway. But then you either have him disappear for a while or he returns with the full uh bandages, the whole face. Like, what will you know, what will Chris Jericho look like? The whole thing they could do more about his hair being because that was so teased before, how much he cares about his hair, like bits of it could be missing when he returns. You can have as much fun as you like. Play it seriously. Play it for laughs. It's a Jericho. appreciation society, you do both. But the grand payoff to the wizard stuff is Eddie Kingston. Like the big, the f- like the iconic uh, Mister Pogo. Was it like would always blow fire and you get this incredible visual. This just this. And again, it's never been done in AEW before. Somebody's like blowing fire. It's it makes serious because it was Kingston was the first one to take the yeah. fireball, and it makes serious what Jericho was intentionally trivialized. I think after the criticism of the first one, when that one wasn't really sold as like, like it was like uh, anyway switching gears here like dynamite rolls on all that sort of stuff after that they kind of made it so silly as if to trivialize something quite serious and jericho indeed call himself a wizard like kingston has threatened these awful things to the point of frightening jericho when he sat on commentary on rampage like a couple of times to the point where it all overspilled, didn't it on last week's but there was that great week where he called in and jericho was just left terrified yes. to ponder these awful things that kingston had planned i think that was ahead of anarchy in the arena yeah So yeah, trapped within the confines of what it's a the sort of thing where you can slip it into the match quite easily. Like you can get that sort of stuff through mesh or Kingston can have it on in the whole time and it could like Regal could have the, the hip flask with him in the inside pocket of his suit or something like that. It's fairly natural and organic how that comes. And Kingston wanting to make Jericho suffer that wouldn't feel forced because he would have had it in in the back of his mind. You're gonna like you're gonna feel the burns that I felt all this time ago when all this properly kicked off. So that would be the big Eddie Kingston visual for the win because I think the baby faces is going to win. You absolutely could carry it on. Makes a lot more sense than what I was going to book, which was physically a, impossible. No, not physically impossible, but well,
0: I was going to say a lot more dangerous. They're both incredibly dangerous. It's rolling fire, uh, spinning back
2: fist on fire. <laughs> also pretty good. <laughs> I would like that flaming Eric. Like he covers
0: his face, and Jericho goes to try and fireball and him. Covers his face, and his hand catches on fire. And he's like, well i well use it. Spinning
1: back fist. The only thing with spraying alcohol is that Moxie's in the match, mm. and yeah. Kingston cut the promo ahead of Anarchy in the Arena when he's talking about how he's had a drink and still can't conquer his demons. He has to swim with his demons, so maybe he's setting his fist on fire mm. or the uh, what's it called? Is it called a slapjack or I just? It
0: <laughs> the yeah, used
2: to be called slapjack when Stevie Ray used one. The like yeah, um, the, the
0: Santana Ortiz. Oh yeah yeah,
2: yeah, 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 that on fire as well. What do
1: they call it? I can't remember. I can't remember much about Santana and Ortiz because they are very much extras at this There's point. There's a pool
2: ball and a sock quality to it, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> the way it moves.
0: But on fire. <laughs> but on fire. Uh, how <laughs> you feeling? It? You still, you, you agree? I, I think we all are kind of in agreement that the Blackpool Combat Club kind of we need to win this one. Or yeah. should we? Are going Particularly to. with Moxley as a champ as well. Well, last year, um, served,
2: like last year, serviced the heels winning more so than the babyface, didn't it, realistically? Yeah. Um, uh, the Inner circle, couldn't remember the name of them. The inner circle had sort of had everything, so the pinnacle needed it to cling on as a group and to stay credible. It didn't really work in the end, but the result was important for them, and I think it's just as important for the Blackpool Combat Club here because it had like there has to come a point. Bad ball that might Mad be right, has, yeah. right. This is not a sports entertainment match, this is something that pro wrestlers would fight in when the, it's just reached the point where this sort of level of violence is the only way. This goes against logic for the sports entertainment group to win in the end. I did know Cedric's excitement, but it's obviously because he's lived it in real life. He wants to see the All-American Americans explode again. I do. Because New Orleans just wasn't enough, was it? So having that tag team go again all these years later in blood and guts, um, they're going to do a little the People moment, aren't they? And then they're just going to absolutely flush that aside and <laughs> batter out of each other. <laughs> um, I think I'd like to see... It's, it's, it invites you to think of spots you would like to see, um, even if... Yeah, as we always say, they'll probably have better ones in mind. The wrestlers and the company alike. Uh, I think I'd like to see William Regal blooded, blooded up bad. Whether or not it's all the wrestlers are in the cage, and then Jericho the prick slides out when they have the advantages, and it's like a two or
1: three on one attack, and they do some Got really buried for getting out the cage last time. I think. Oh, they didn't. Yeah,
2: I like nasty stuff to Regal, just like because he's there and he's a bit of a, an easy target for them. Uh, something along those lines I'd like to see somebody absolutely pissing blood getting swung by Claudio yeah. so you're seeing like the the kind of difference it's an illustration of he's here now like here's this big swing you love it they did a really good job of saving it uh, at blood and guts where you didn't quite get it in the Zach match and it was because they probably knew they needed something more I think in that closing forbidden door segment the risk was ah we've had him was the actual surprise, but then they, they'd kept the swing so that there was something crowd-pleasing. I think the, a bloody swing is the sort of illustrative difference between who he was in WWE, Cesaro, versus who he is now, Claudio Castagnoli, somewhere where it can be. His creativity and, you know, the, there's more of a freedom of expression can be rewarded. So I think I'd quite cool. it like doing
0: his hair whilst he's getting swung.
2: Pretty great because the flick comb was. Jesus Christ, just trivialise the bloody That's <laughs> well,
0: why don't you?
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say Daddy about, Magic because he's what, dead
0: good at bleeding, but then I was like, we're already booking him and stuff,
2: slicking it back with his own blood yeah, like when, he's been, uh, when he's been when he's on the it. I, I just I I'm so excited about this match, and I sense that a lot of other people are, which is why I sense as of this recording, AW have kind of failed to add something that adds a bit of spice to the rest of it because this is a like this is a really awesome match that it completely warrants the payoff. Completely uh, warrants the anticipation because we've not had it in front of a crowd. There's jack going on underneath it. The
0: women's more, spot. I've just realised the women's spot's gone because I assume this is going to be the whole second hour.
1: No, yeah, but we can still play the game. Oh, we can still, Don't play, worry, the game, we'll
0: still play the game, but it's just harder. Yeah, it's,
1: just harder. it's harder. It's harder. Two more things. One, I'm very fascinated by the interactions between Kingston and Claudio because Eddie Kingston has been building and building. <laughs> for years, for years and years and years, the idea that he hates Claudio. Loved how it was shot at the pay-per-view. obviously yeah. shrugging. Oh, geez, not this again. God's sake, stop it. Like, it was great. Like, he just looked, like, fed up, but, like, not on a I'm going to turn on him kind of way, but, like, oh, a where man. I, like, <laughs> like oh, way.
0: Storm's off in the road, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry, Mr. Eagle, but I'm not doing
1: it if he's here. Mm. You. I'm off. So I'm fascinated by the interactions here because the baby faces are probably going to win. They're not going to just team up together. And are they going to make friends after? Because there's loads of money in Eddie Kingston, Cesaro, uh, Claudio feud. Even if you don't know the reasons behind why they hate one another, which are themselves ambiguous because Eddie Kingston knows that he just... He, he's so good at it that you don't know where the line between fiction and reality begins it's and ends stuff again, isn't it? Yeah. Weird, it's a bit like that. Yeah. So the general gist of the story is that they were feuding in Chikara. And, um, the idea was that Eddie Kingston spotted a rat and he said that Claudio was a disingenuous insincere piece of shit. And he's actually an asshole. And I know I'm playing the heel, but I'm telling you right now, you might hate me. You should hate him. That was a gist. That's it. Two, um, three great matches and to um, Put all, put it over all the more Claudio turned heel and joined like a massive dominant heel unit and Kingston was like I'm right. I'm right I told you I'm mm-hmm. right then they had another match and then they were gonna do the third singles or at least within that feud and That's when he got the call to go to the Fed. So I don't know if Eddie's been just desperately thinking one day in one promotion this will actually get mm-hmm. paid off and the mythology will be enriched um, if I keep at it, or if he just genuinely hates him because he's <laughs> so good at it. Um, so I really don't know, but ultimately, let's not fast forward all of this in one night. The baby faces win, have Kingston refuse to celebrate because even if you aren't familiar with the Chikara stuff, and I only know sort of a sort of a bullet point guide, I was never like invested in it week to week or episode to episode or part to part, whatever. Your car did <laughs> with it. Um, you will be able to have Eddie Kingston's got a five minute promo and explain it better than I just have by one million miles.
0: One final thing before we move on to the rest of this card and some of the stuff that should be on it. Yes, uh, I've booked the spot and it's one of a uh, oh, classic Willborn. I was thinking, yeah, which one do you do it with without? The cage explodes.
1: <laughs> what, if, what if Eddie K- Kingston sets the two cages on fire?
0: No, what I was going to say is we've sat here. We got Daddy Magic here. We've got a cool hand names there. Friends of ours. We love them. We think they're fantastic. But which one's going to do in a spot with Claudio? Why not both? Double swing. One's getting swung. One's getting UFO'd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's phis- probably probably physically physically impossible. But Claudio, it's Claudio, so yeah. probably not. So probably <laughs> not. <laughs> That's great. I will forget to say this at some point. There might be a late-in-the-day edition announced mm. on Twitter like a couple of hours before showtime. Tony Khan is usually so good at this. I don't want to out-Tony Tony. Put Phoenix or Death Triangle in a match on a show with two rings. Two goddamn rings. Two goddamn <laughs> rings. He could run across the top rope on one ring, hop onto the turnbuckle. Someone is by the apron on the other ring selling, and then he can run across... Second set of ropes, and then kick them in the face. Dave Meltzer will give that match literally two stars on top of whatever it was going to get if he sees that Phoenix spot. And critical acclaim is still a bit of currency. Not so much anymore, because it's so widespread. But ultimately, if you want people to go ballistic in their praise about this product, have Phoenix work a match on a show with two rings. It just makes so much sense. Do, like, House of Black and Death Triangle
2: and call it the final fight. One last trio's match. Let them all go wild with... Two rings, all them
1: ropes. You or could like, potentially, if he's got his new belt, you know, like if the, you did that in addition to blood and guts, and he shot one, had one great promo and one great angle on top of those two matches, you could have categorically, objectively, the best episode of North American television. <laughs> ever.
0: Well, I was going to ask about that, actually, because I was going to say, on this show, is there going to be much fallout from Forbidden Door? Obviously, Moxley's busy in in blood and guts, but that would be a way, Hamlet, to get the new All-Atlantic champion on this show. He's showcased on the road, too. He's got a great promo on there. Go and check that out. He reintroduces himself, in case you're unaware, and explains where the term the bastard comes from. But, um, yeah, do you you foresee more of that? As soon as Sige mentioned a Phoenix or a Death Triangle match, it just made so much sense.
2: Well, the interesting thing about Forbidden Door was, even though it was, and we were critical of AEW for this, obviously, even though it was AEW and New Japan in this dream card, it wasn't really a dream card, it was built to episodically. So typically now, we'd be talking about, oh, it's a table set in Dynamite tonight, but we don't necessarily have that, because for one, it's Blood and Guts, and for two, it's Forbidden Door, and that's slightly different to the pay-per-views. I don't necessarily think it is that different. It felt like all the things that were being set up whether you like them or you didn't, were kind of paid off on the night. Maybe, maybe the Young Bucks are none too pleased with what went down and we'll finally get Sting and Darby getting the shot of the tag titles. Yeah. That's overdue. So maybe you start heading towards uh, Sting and Darby, in the Young Books. That's just a really good TV main event. So possibly start addressing stuff there. Other than that, uh, nothing really off the card. I loved it. Like, a brilliant show, helped by, I think, lowered expectations. But I loved it in the way where what they could what they could use to their advantage at a show like that was that most things felt fairly conclusive mm. because of the nature of the show. I, like I'm not the one. Th- one of the things obviously they deemed important to keep selling was this was this blood and guts match so that they, they gave the last section of the show mm-hmm. to. it. I'm not that nothing I can remember from the show has left me this feeling of right. I want more. Let's like let's keep yeah, going. Let's keep, go, let's can keep going. Can't even get it. No, like loads of the guys like, have gone back to New Japan just, all that kind of thing. Just a thought maybe mention your
0: AW Women's World
2: Title. Well, yeah. But there's no precedent for that from the normal AWP. Yeah, so used to say we're going to get that tonight. <laughs> um, I just... The, the payoffs to all the big matches were payoffs because they kind of had to be. You know, has f- said it today, the f- door's closed again, but it'll be open one day. That's how it should be. The last thing, the last thing you want now, especially while there's still Ring of Honor up in the air, is to have, like, a few hangers on yeah. in Japan and be like, you thought the door was closed? Like, you never knew me at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did know it closed the door. Closed the door just for a little bit. Yeah, So... If anything, they've got a real opportunity here. Let's look at the last six months as a bit of a... Ugh, like, you've got a really cool payoff tonight. You've got this gimmick match that people have got a lot of faith in. You have an opportunity to deliver everything, including a finish that people just remember with joy in the hearts rather than sadness. Do that, and then everything back to square one a bit. Just think, start from next week onwards, setting up some long stories again. Don't just look at All Out, because there's some obvious stuff you could book for All Out. Start looking to full gear. Start looking to next year's revolution with your stories. Like there's a couple of short-term wins, you know. Like Wardler was nothing to do with Forbidden Door, but you should be starting to think now about when Wardler is going to brutalize Scorpio Sky and win Mm. the TNT title. So there's a lot. Probably already have,
1: (laughs) but like let the fans know. Yeah,
2: yeah. let people know that like like if you've got a little gap this week or certainly starting next week, like just start setting the table again for AW to get good for Thunder Rosa. I just put the video that you put on Road
0: Two on Dynamite. It's like four minutes. At most, no. it's ju- it's just them recapping what happened at Door and said, it's a great match, Tony storm has got nothing to be ashamed of, isn't Thunder Rosa great? Because it just, especially with the reaction from last time, and I thought I it was justified. The it's way a good it, optics call for them to do that.
1: It's one of those weird things, right? Where, you know, there's certain, we live in a wrestling fan bubble, and AEW's kind of burst that bubble by saying, well, actually, a lot of the things that wrestling fans really like actually translate to incredibly lucrative pay-per-views, like other promotions and... Japanese pro wrestling, which never thought, if you want Lucha Libres, go to Japan. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people in wrestling who somehow still had very high-ranking, powerful jobs just didn't think certain things that us hardcore fans are into would ever make money or would be worth doing. And yet, in fact, AEW have proven. There's also a bit of a fallacy involved where you think, all right, well, this is great, so just do it. Like the King of the Ring pay-per-view, people love tournaments, people have ultra-fond memories of King of the Ring. and that's never really true. Mm. Never really drew. Um, In fact, the best draw in King of the Ring, yes, it was during a boom period, but it was when the tournament itself was a lesser concern to Hell in a Cell matches or McMahon Melodrama.
2: The strange logic they applied to that was, well, nobody can, uh, nobody knows what they're paying for, even though theoretically you're paying for more permutations than just a set card, because you can fantasy book all these brackets. But the rationale was, it
1: doesn't draw because we can't sell them a final. Tournaments don't draw. Uh, King of the Ring hasn't really drawn that well historically compared to the other four of what was then known as the big five um wrestlemania four didn't do particularly yeah. well compared to the other golden era wrestlemanias and it's the same thing with video packages people love video packages and it's not just oh i need to be reminded because i need exposition just people think they're very well shot people mm-hmm. think they're nice to tell a story um sometimes it's way less contrived and better than here's a backstage. Interrupt interview to tell the story. Instead, you can just do it with the video package. Everyone, at least on my Twitter timeline, is endorsing more video packages and adding stuff specifically from Road Two because it's such a great little YouTube series, to Dynamite. And yet, despite a lot of people loudly proclaiming their love for these, the segments in which nothing is live or happening or pre-taped die. Just constantly yeah, die. That's a fair point. So it's really odd. Um I understand why they do it, even if I personally don't like it. And that is yeah. not putting the things on dynamite.
2: I don't know how much this is really being like discussed at the moment, but they'll want a big number at night as well. They'll yeah. want a huge number. They don't want to do anything to risk it. This is kinda of like that old fashioned thing where they've set something up with the intent the pro wrestling and the booking is designed to draw the number. There's no Tricks. There's no we're going to add this match to the last minute. We're not expecting this audience because of uh, the Big Bang Theory. It's none of that. It's the wrestling. They want the wrestling to stand up for itself and draw the draw the number tonight. It's not got talked about much. Into like AEW's numbers have kind of plateaued again. Like there's a, there's you know undulating interest in interesting prod- product from time to time. But I remember a while ago it was always like. Hovering above a million, and it's like, what's going to get them to 1.5 every week? And they just never really got there. We've dropped to like the eights, nine hundreds now, mm, and it's yeah. there. We're not, we're not talking about like what's, like what's going to get to 1.5. It's like what's getting them back over a million and all that sort of stuff. Or we're just not talking about numbers at all. I guess it's kind of got a bit ordinary. I wonder if so, like Chris Harrington, the the numbers guy, like the three years into the project, pretty much, and one of the big criticisms of Dynamite amongst some of the bad booking has been the format is maybe becoming a bit exhausting and it's like the rationale is always, well, you know, it's chasing the numbers, this quarter hour spikes, this does this, this does this. It might be time after tonight to take some risks. Like maybe like, yes, video packages historically have saw the rating go like dip for a second. You train your audience. But you retrain your audience. And like, is it, have we reached saturation point with this version of dynamite? And is it contributing to why a lot of people haven't enjoyed it? And it's like, well, what if we do lose 25,000 there, if we can gain 100,000 mm-hmm. there like long-term? And it probably the show would probably feel fresher. Like, you know, he, he doesn't and never will again, but Vince McMahon used to take those risks, used to make changes accordingly when he was in a ratings war, and I'd, they're not in one anymore. But it's that's destined to make you complacent sooner rather than later, and especially if you settled with your numbers. I'd be quite interested to see them change tact in that regard. Mm. Maybe tonight's probably the worst possible example <laughs> for that. But then again, you are putting on a virtual hour-long main event, so I suppose this is their first experiment. I forgot, I was going to ask you earlier, I know he said about it's best for
0: Punk to just stay home and recover and blah blah blah, and that's why he wasn't at Door. Disregarding
1: all that, Danielson on commentary for Blood and Guts? Ooh, he's an awesome commentator. Mm. He's really like, enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's better at not being a great commentator if that makes any sense at all. He just gives the wrestler's voice. Yeah. Um, Yes. Why not? Yeah. Um, Let's talk Orange Cassidy.
0: Ethan Page then. Orange Cassidy had a hell of a night on Sunday. He did.
1: The match was absolutely incredible. I rewatched it a second time, and it's still somehow, even though you know when the false finishes are happening, it's still just an incredibly dramatic, perfectly worked match. Just Orange Cassidy, the genius of Cassidy is that he... I've put this in my um, ups and downs column, this particular take... The mega fans will forgive me for repeating How many ups and downs for a... Uh, uh, not four ups or... and downs, my star ratings. Oh, okay. I went four and three for that match. It's that. Orange Cassidy kind of did the red button meme where, <laughs> you know, like the guy sweating. It's like there's two things where it's like, oh, I've contradicted something I'm going to say. I've yeah. said in the past if I say the thing that I'm going to say here. He did the red button meme sequence where he took the piss out of... Will Ospreay's, like, go-to signature trick, where at the start of his matches there's this incredible athletic, counter-driven flurry, and then it's like, right, I'm going to do a martial arts pose now, which is basically, go on, clap. Like, clap, <laughs> I've done my athletic, um, impressive stuff. This is your cue, seals, to clap. <laughs> and it's all a bit like, this is awesome, and it's like, it's very engineered and a bit soulless at this point. When Cassidy's went, uh, and took the piss out of it, <laughs> he... Popped. I'm guaranteeing you, he popped people who hate Will Osprey for doing that, but they also hate Orange Cassidy for like his entire <laughs> act, so, like they're probably confused about yeah. should I be popping for this? Should I not? He's just a goddamn genius. This match basically exists um for a pretty uh you know I, when we say that like ah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah <laughs> Ethan Page has got a very good bug eyed face where he can express being incredulous or offended or furious, and his eyes can bulge. He's a good foil for Cassidy's shtick. And Tony Khan has probably realized, oh, Ethan Page is a good foil for Cassidy's shtick. But it's interesting that he's paying for Jane, apparently, Starship, that got leaked, um, if he can get the rest of the, if he can get the fee the right sorted. So he's paying for Jane, which is probably going to be A, at some cost, and B, he's already invested. So he does really like Cassidy. Probably pay for Sledgehammer for Claudia then, G. Yeah, <laughs> people that interaction will get really over, I think, yeah. but that's a separate point. And he's just put him in the possibly the second biggest singles match on the entire card. He wanted people to emerge from Forbidden Door thinking, Jesus Christ, Orange Castle's back and he's great. Casti could be a potential All Atlantic title challenger, or I just feel like he wants to do something with him if he's in a singles
2: match mm. on this card. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think. One further, I think you might be thinking Cassidy Moxley as a TV one-off for the interim AEW title. The match was so well-received and now he gets, but he had to leave, obviously. So you have this incredibly well-received match that kind of is the reminder of the very best. I think that's Orange Cassidy's best ever match. I think it was better than the pack match and that was his best match before that. Certainly the best exhibition of everything there is mm-hmm. to love about Orange Cassidy. Typically, this is where I'd say, now what you do to capitalise on that is have him disappear for six months, so you can forget all of this sort of stuff, and then you get him again. But the reality is... You're the outlier. Yeah, the reality is, super hot, again, um, fresh back off an injury, so he was already, he's already had that little break, you do everything, you did like a micro version of what you had on Sunday, some best bits, and then you get a win, and the win is the important bit, and you capitalise on... There's a renewed, I would say a renewed interest in Orange Cassidy. People like, I, I might not like him, but only because I feel like I've seen it all. And then every now and then a match comes along where I haven't. We're mm-hmm. like, That's the difference. I I love what the gimmick is. I love that it riles people up because I don't get why people don't get it. It's genuinely one of them things where I was like, I 100% don't believe your take on Orange Cassidy. Because if you understand pro wrestling, you understand what this gimmick is. It's so much closer to traditional pro wrestling than, than a lot of those bad faith critics would have you believe. Mm. It's The best bit, of the punchline. Yeah, it's just it's it's so psychologically sound that I like. I know people are lying when they when other you know they kind of what's the what's the phrase on bad faith? Yeah, like yeah, they're kind of showing themselves up or whatever. That I can't remember the phrase, but like so, it's just. I've never really understood, but I'm, I get bored of it pretty quickly. Mm. So, or the more I see it, the more I see him fire up, the less I'm into it. I think that's what it is with Orange Cassidy. So he goes on and wins another couple of matches. He gets this match with John Moxley, and anybody, anybody gets can get sucked in, including John Moxley. Mm. Cool, Han can still get sucked into Orange Cassidy's game, and they're gonna they're gonna have an awesome TV main event for the interim title as well. It's almost it was the match that didn't happen as well, if you remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so well, yeah. it's just like it's uh, this so is obviously want to do it. This is the start of that. A fairly routine win um, and the tell here is Ethan Page under the side of the ring isn't it with these bug eyes it'll sh- yeah. it should be amusing I forgot to mention this earlier and it's go,
0: going over old ground but I don't care uh, your reaction the reaction in the Sidgwick household when Shabata came out on Sunday oh
1: my yeah
0: you popped in off and I was I, like if he's reacting like this God knows I what you're doing couldn't do-
2: hear the music so they, sh- they left the camera on the crowd on the stream for so long. I'm like, well, who is it? 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 And then you see him on the right. Um, yeah, yeah, he's such Look a peace. He just looks better and better with every return. Yeah, appearance it's squad, doesn't he?
1: It's cruel. It's cruel. Um, yeah, I absolutely popped my tits off. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, he's going to wear aviators. As if Shabbat <laughs> himself doesn't exude the very essence of cool. He's going to wear literally the coolest garment <laughs> ever created. <laughs> is there anything cooler than the aviator? I don't think so.
0: The... Uh Flick, Bl- uh, flick comb, <laughs> the
1: switch comb,
2: switch comb. There, that's like, that's pastiche of cool. Like yeah. are is i I'm going to be a massive hypocrite here because I also think denim jacket, a good denim jacket, rivals it, and that's another orange Cassidy <laughs> staple. Maybe I'm just jealous of him. I think you are jealous. I
0: think of that's him. what it must be. Do you want to know my big takeaway from Forbidden Door? The thing that I've discovered. This is going to just piss me off. No. Shingo can go. The Shingo match. Shingo. For me. Shingo. Very good. watch no, more. He's good. He is. Unbelievable. I'm gonna tweet out. Confirmed. Shingo's good. Pass it on. Shingo. <laughs> hidden, hidden gem discovered <laughs> at the
2: hidden door. Don't what? sleep on and then put his name in a bit of commas. Shingo Takagi. <laughs>
1: 2019 was one of the best years of wrestling ever. I, Jesus Christ, double or nothing was great. Um uh, WWE is like the weirdest thing. And it's hmm. getting so desperate with its absolute insanity. The G One's awesome, Moxie's awesome. It was just a great time. NXT isn't quite dead yet, actually. The <laughs> sinister structure, <laughs> it actually is, but it wasn't until then. That its season finale. They in New had York the we got to be there for it, so, yeah. like <laughs> so it was a pretty awesome year. Um, and one of the best matches of that very year was Shingo versus Ishii in the G One. It was so good. They hit each other so hard. It was so dramatic. It was so terrifying. They felt like mythological creatures in there. <laughs> and my god, it was like Meltzer and I agreed with them for once. Was so. like. Yeah, great. Don't do that again. <laughs> they simply hit each other too hard. <laughs> kind of betrayed the point, but it was still awesome. There's
0: also a championship match tonight, Michael Hanflet. It like one. <sighs> TBS title on the line. Jay Cargill issued an open challenge, or I should say, certainly Hathaway issued it for her and Tony Carnes. Because he's a night owl. Said uh, he'd uh, we off, need off, sleep. offer it out to the locker room. Uh, Layla Gray has picked it up. Any chance the title changes hands tonight?
2: Oh, Jesus Christ. I had to ask. <laughs> it's uh, Jade Cargill could um, smash her across two rings, just just batter her, like just beats her up in one ring and then steps into the other one, beats her up in that one, just to make it slightly different to the Bump regular. And kicks her into the second ring. Perfect. And then you've got like something slightly different than the usual Jade Cargill squash. Bump would be ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, mangle through the
1: ropes. Not oh, my problem. Just <laughs> like
2: slither through the ropes like an
1: eel. Again, another spot you could Can do. You deal with it. Another spot you could do in the Death Triangle versus House of Black <laughs> match that they should have booked. For <laughs> In the Pac-Omega matches, like, Pac can... Because he's just a f- phenomenal, ridiculous athlete. Like, imagine an actual proper American TV Pac versus Claudio match. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Pac can do this bump where it looks like he's been sucked back first into a vortex. <laughs> <I> remember? <laughs> yeah, he could do that through both sets of ropes. But mm-hmm. Phoenix on the card. Uh, no title change. He's going to play the game. Well, this is ladies' <laughs> night. <laughs>
0: not sure if you you weren't here for this last week. No, I
1: have been <laughs> just advised on the rough premise. Oh, the, so the, the game is that it's very cynical what AEW does. We've discussed this at length for, what, three years at this point. There's <laughs> one women's match per segment. So to get a little bit of fun out of it, not that the wrestlers aren't very good or very willing better, yeah. 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 But because it's always around the same time, that the, the ultimate thing would be like, oh, it's 1 minute 25 again, sort of thing. That's mm. what we're trying to develop. But this is different because uh, Blood and Guts is going to eat up the majority of the second hour. Is it going last? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Then again, it's TV, isn't it? Like, I know that, like they can
2: break rules for TV. We've had, like, world title matches going first. Like, Kenny and Brian went on first, Arthur Ashe. And I think, yeah. Could they, they do
0: the old gimmick, though, of, like, we're just going to stick with this for as long as it goes?
2: If it goes if it goes last, is all I'm saying. Possibly. Hangman and Brian. That's how they got
1: the hour yeah. off it was having it start the yeah, show. Yeah, the the lead-in's always very important. So maybe you could, but it makes the game a little bit harder. But the game will uh is to guess the time in which the very first sting or note is played from the first woman of the one women's match is going to happen. The idea being, oh, it's one hour twenty five minutes again, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so the game mm-hmm. just to uh Reminds you in case you forgot—is this is ladies', ladies night? Oh, what a need! I try. You do like Vic Reeves. I try and do butt rock at the end. <laughs> <laughs> this is ladies' night. Oh, what a need! so that's the game. Okay. Um,
2: who wants to go first?
0: You go first. It seems you didn't play this last week.
2: All right. Well, I'll go big. I'll go home then. Five minutes thirty-eight seconds. Jade Cargill is the first person you see on Dynamite.
0: Wow, like a, so. Like, here's what happened at Forbidden doors. And I'll Boom. give
2: you, I'll give you my reason because she's a star. She's a star. Every now and then, a star appears, and it's particularly damning on one AEW star who I'm not going to name because the stats are out there for you to find out yourself. But it really sounds like I'm burying him for years. This so what was it? Sorry, five. Ah, uh, I said five thirty-eight. Let's go five thirty-eight. There is this graph that appears. It's often Thurston, but I think sometimes it's other people. But it's legit anyway. They've they've sourced the data from the right places Mm -hmm. where there is a table of the most Googled AEW wrestlers. There's one massive AEW homegrown star that's never appeared on any of these tables that we've been looking at over like three years. And that's (laughs) not ideal. I'll not name them. Jade Cargill this time was particularly high up. Paige Van Zamp
1: was number one. They'll love Paige Van Zamp. Paige Van Zamp
2: was number one. But obviously she's not working tonight, so uh, and I don't necessarily think people are necessarily going. Paige Van Zant, A W Dynamite in action. I, d- I don't. Ne- I don't think. <laughs> I don't think those will be Paige Van Zant's. You know, what do you think? Most Google terms. What do you think the terms are? Well, based on when Andy Murray was um, off, and I was covering the news, and I was looking around for like big news headlines using the aggregating sites that exist currently. Uh, I think it's the trousers she works out in. I think generally that's what people go looking for when they're looking for Page Van out because there was an awful lot of things that I decided not to contribute to whatculture.com forward slash WWE because there was a lot of them, a lot of wrestling websites that should know better than to be like, check out what Page Vans out was working out in, what not the actual exercise, what she was working out in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, bloody in their knuckles, like clicking those sites. So I'm going to go
1: Jade Cargill because she was f- like third or fourth in that list yeah, it could be one of those where the person's already in the ring. You don't have to specify the woman, just the first mm-hmm. woman. Theme for the music. match. Yep. Okay. Does that have to be the, just the first woman? Does that have to be you have to specify <laughs> the woman? Bless him. You have to specify the woman. It's fine. It's not the game. We're born. 36
0: minutes dead. That's what I'm saying. You didn't
2: have to explain what the crowd are going to be like.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's not the game. I
0: just think it's going to be moved from the. Lull in the second hour to the lull potentially in the first hour. Orange Cassidy opens. Orange Cassidy Ethan Page opens. Then maybe we get. We'll talk about Christian Cage in a second. Maybe a bit of that. I think that's probably going to start, or at least get the ball rolling in terms of people coming out before the top of the hour, so that people are like, in their eyes, you need to tune in because at nine or what is it nine? Yeah, eight on ten. At nine, it's going to start kicking off just to give them that buffer, like you say, for because if it's what ten people entering. 12. 12. 12 people. Are, well, yeah, two star. Oh, no. Yeah. No, yeah. 10 people to come. That's 50 minutes without without even breaking yeah, yeah, a yeah. sweater. So well, 36 minutes, bang on.
1: They usually do a little recap of of the pay per view, but I think because it's not entirely canonical, I think it'll be kept brief if there's even one at all. And then dee, 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 dee. Or maybe we've got Jane. Jane. I saw that song. Either way, Orange Cast is going to be foist, and then you get the men of the air. Because people are more likely to think, oh, he's in Page. Oh, Orange Castier, that's <laughs> so Then that'll go, not long. Not long. I hope it doesn't go long. Oh, he's, he's funny with the bug eyes, and Cast far well, for Castier. I got the joke. Mm. Uh, eight minutes. And then that takes us to about 15. I love the maths, And then, uh, yeah. I'm going to go for 22 minutes. So I think it's going to go Cassidy Ethan Page Jade And if there's something else That'll be before Christian Cage Because Christian Cage can double as there You've seen some decent action Like get over it because You need to save your <laughs> energy for the main event And then Cage can be the buffer So I'm going to go for 21 minutes Imagine that And 53 seconds Just
2: thought what about if they do open with Orange Cassidy and Ethan Page and then Orange Cassidy gets to win easily because Ethan Page is a loser. And he's funny. Oh, like, Tied his tits in the game. Tied his
0: tits in the game. That's so what Orange Cassidy's going to do tonight. He's going to try and do a tip pop, But not do it.
1: Oh, like the Lazy ones, like yeah. slow tip-pops.
2: Um, Scorpio Sky returns. They lead a beat down, and Wardlow makes his first mate. And it's Orange Cassidy. He comes to make the save. And like Orange Cassidy gives him his thumb of approval. And Wardlow's finally got an ally. Because like, luckily, Orange is not really associated with best friends anymore. So Wardler wouldn't be associated with the loser <laughs> group <laughs> like this. Uh, like he's got his first ally. Uh,
0: finally, Sid, you, we mentioned it before that we're going to hear from Christian Cage tonight. Does that mean Jungle Boy could return tonight? No,
1: he's injured. Uh. Which, which <laughs> makes I still think got,
0: still got the bullet point though. Still counts. Yeah. I
1: think that <laughs> still counts. Christian Cage is going to take storyline credit for Jungle Boy's injury um, in his promo tonight. Basically saying something to the effect of, like, you're too much of a bitch. First of all, you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're too much of a bitch to even, like, I've turned on you. I've smashed your head in with a chair. I've said that your dad's dead, and he's still too much of a bitch to come and face me man to man. Uh, Or maybe he doesn't take credit for the injuries. Like, what's wrong with you? He could, like, pretend to be be disingenuous. Like, come on, I've said your dad's dead. Turned on you. Battered you with a chair. Taken away your last friend. Like, Come on, what's wrong with you, Jungle Boy? You can't be a real man. And Shivani and Jim Ross can be the whole, like, authoritative mm-hmm. fella's going, Oh, you goddammit, you know that he's out there on a the shelf, Christian Cage. You know that he's injured. Jungle Jack will
2: be out here right now if they could. So, <laughs> will Jungle Boy, Jim, that's still his
1: f-ing name. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that is going, uh, they're going to incorporate, basically tell you that Jungle Boy's injured, and because they don't, they're really disclosing. Any injuries, which makes me think that's oh, a concussion factory, <laughs> which is not good because some of them can just have bad shoulders. I don't want to think if everyone has a concussion because I've
2: been out front with Brian yet, just because he alluded no, to it. yeah um,
1: Kyle O'Reilly's got stomach, but no one knows, and like this is not disclosing the nature of the injuries. Like I wish they would. Yeah, I wish they would. It's like very WWE COVID, isn't it? Yeah. Like that. So, but they will basically say he's injured. They probably won't specify what the injury is, but they kind of have to at this point because people will think, "Well, what a little bitch." <laughs> the boy is yes. if he's been, like, buried for having a dead dad and got turned on and he hasn't even, mm. you know... Mm. Even we got, his got a cage. We got two cages.
0: What do you think Christine's going to say tonight? We what? got three cages. Me! What, what, a, what a, hell, a hell of a promo to follow on from, though. One of the best heel promos of the year, that, wasn't it?
2: It was fantastic, and... Like just to sort of repeat my point from last week, one of the awesome things about it was it was one of the only really rewarding bits of long term storytelling in, in AW at present. And it, I thought it really stood out for that reason. It was one of these things that oh that that's AEW. Some of this is not really felt like that. That is and it was so AW that they've set the next part of the story in motion while Jungle Boy is off, because even if he was fully fit, it'd be, you know, he'd be selling it. What's going on with Luchasaurus? What did
1: happen to Marco? You
2: have to you have to address that fairly quickly before it becomes well, got released and ghosted by Tony Khan. I
1: think that was, I was listening to Observer Radio, and I think the implication was that it was just meant to be a gasp. Ooh, he's mentioned someone who doesn't Mm. really get mentioned on TV anymore. I think people were simply meant to infer from the name drop of, remember what happened to Marco, as in, he got released... Because I kind of took his place and I'm more relevant. So if you don't stick with me, yes. the same thing yeah. could happen to that, you, which is a bit harsh. It's something to explore, though. He did get released, his contract was
2: not yeah, yeah. renewed. It's, yes, it's certainly something to explore, like Luchasaurus as a sort of a bitch. A bitch. Confused. Luchasaurus. <laughs> confused, heavy. I've got a really good.
0: I, d- I don't want to go full. Here's how you do MJF and CM Punk, but. Play Jungle Boy's music and have Christian Cage come out on Luchasaurus' shoulders. Oh really my man, really great! In the old uh, yeah. My peeps at, love boo, that.
2: love it. That's it. Yep, that's the one.
0: There we go. Edge well, pod. there you go. Let <laughs> us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite. I don't know about usage, but I cannot wait to review the show tomorrow. Handful. Up. Yeah, buzzing. <laughs> Enjoy the egg and spoon race.
2: Uh, <laughs> 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 this is bad, that's Christian Cage to you. Dickhead, that I love it so much. So bad, isn't it? Because, like, a lot of the time on the podcast, we're what, diplomatic, brutally honest about the hardship of having children. Yeah. Like, I'm going to watch my two boys at different points of the day do different sports days tomorrow. It should be like a joyous occasion. <laughs> and, like, for a change, I'm actually I'm actually like, yeah, parenting. And then you're like, I oh, well, could be doing this. could be <laughs> doing this. My image is, for whatever reason, you
0: don't get up early and watch Dynamite, and then the lads are, like, doing it. Dad, look, I'm winning. And you're just staring at your phone. Yeah, good work, son. (laughs) Like watching Blood and Guts on his phone instead.
2: It won't be Dynamite, but it will be Twitter.
0: You can follow us all on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, you can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, this has been the AW Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Dally Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.